Good morning. It is Wednesday, June 2nd, and this is the Commuter Devotional. My name is Chuck, and I'm so glad that you have decided to join us today as we seek to engage our God in Scripture and prayer before the busyness of our day begins. Today, we are going to finish out the rest of chapter 15 in the book of Mark. Tomorrow, we will finish the book of Mark, and Friday, we're going to do a total book wrap-up. Usually, we like to read through the entire book after we've done it, but there's just no way we're going to do 16 chapters in one episode. So what we'll do is just a very high-level overview of the entire book of Mark, and then that's it. If you have any suggestions about which book we could do next for the Commuter Devotional, send us your suggestion at Facebook or on Instagram. Try to pick a book from the Old Testament. It's just the normal pattern that we follow. And let us know. We'll do today as the last day to send in suggestions, and then we'll probably announce Friday where we'll go next in the Old Testament for devotions. All right, let me read our passage for us today. I'll pray, and then we will dive right into it. This is Mark chapter 15, verses 21 through 47. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him, and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them, to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days? Save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the passerbys, hearing it, said, Behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait. Let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him, and there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud 
and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock, and he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. Let's pray together. God, these two days, today and tomorrow, these passages in Mark, are the moments that all of Scripture points to. Everything before it and everything after it is pointing to this moment in Scripture. God, back in Genesis chapter 3, you promised that the serpent's head would be crushed. And it's in these moments that that prophecy from all the way back in Genesis comes true. God, we love your word. As we look at it today, help us. Amen. Well, it seems like it's been a long time coming in in almost every way. This is the climax of Mark. The tension has been building between Jesus and the religious leaders. Jesus has been predicting this moment for chapters and chapters now. And finally, our God, Jesus Christ, is crucified, dead, and buried in our passage today. We decided to cover this all in one big passage because many of us are so familiar with the story already. We do, after all, read these same passages every year at Easter. We know the story of the crucifixion, probably from all the different gospel accounts. But let's look specifically at what Mark calls out in his story. What does Mark want us to pay attention to? Well, one of the themes that we've already latched onto in chapter 15 is the loneliness of Jesus. We have finished the rest of chapter 15 today. And at no point in this passage, in all of the chapter, are the disciples mentioned. The loneliness of Jesus is once again highlighted. Jesus says many things from the cross. But in our passage, Mark only records one of the things that Jesus says from the cross. What does he record? Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even God the Father has turned away from Jesus. My friends, think about this. The second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God the Father, has existed with God from eternity past. There has never been a moment in the existence of Jesus that he was ever apart from God the Father. God the Father was always with him. Except on this moment, on the cross, when Jesus became the propitiation for our sins. Do you remember talking about the propitiation of Jesus back when we were studying the epistles of John? Propitiation means that Jesus bore the wrath of God on the cross. He took on all the sin. What was holy now bears all the sin of humanity. God the Father, in his holiness, must turn away from his only begotten Son. The treasure of God's heart is now blemished by all of our sin. Jesus, for the first time, in eons, is alone on the cross. Jesus' death is remarkably quick. In fact, Pilate is surprised that Jesus dies so fast. There's at least two reasons why Jesus' death was so quick. One, it's a fulfillment of prophecy. There are multiple Old Testament prophecies that predict Jesus' quick death on the cross. And two, likely his scourging was so bad that 
Like we mentioned yesterday, by the time he got to the cross, he was basically dead already. It wasn't uncommon for somebody to hang on the cross for days, dying slowly, painfully. But not Jesus. In just six hours, he was dead. And when he dies, two significant things happen. And I think Mark calls these out specifically, but there's an argument to be made that they might be some of the most significant moments in all of Mark. The first detail that Mark calls out in our passage is that the temple curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. And it seems just like an added detail, like, oh, okay, the curtain torn when Jesus died. But this is actually hugely significant to understand why this is such a big deal. You have to understand a little bit about the Jewish temple. There was the outer court where you and I, just regular folks, could go and be a part of the temple. Then there was the inner court where some of the religious elite could go. But then inside the inner court was the Holy of Holies. This was the place that the high priest could only go into once a year, and it was separated by a curtain. Behind that curtain is where the presence of God would dwell. No one was allowed to approach it, except the high priest, once a year, under very specific conditions. After Jesus Christ died, the curtain is torn in two. God and God's people are no longer separated. Jesus, the ultimate mediator, the ultimate high priest, has given a sacrifice so great that God once again, and man once again, can dwell together. Directly after this, in verse 39, Mark says, And when the centurion, who was facing him, saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God. Earlier in Mark, Peter confessed to Jesus as the Christ. And that's significant. We don't want to take away from that. But up until this point in Mark, not a single person confessed Jesus as the Son of God. And remember what Mark's purpose in this book was. In Mark chapter 1, verse 1, he says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's not one of the disciples who confesses Jesus as the Son of God. It's not one of the religious elite who confesses Jesus as the Son of God. It's not one of the witnesses to a miracle. It's not somebody who was healed. It's not somebody who had a demon cast out from them. It's a pagan, a pagan soldier who killed God, who confesses, truly, this man was the Son of God. My friends, you'll see after our passage today, Mark ends abruptly. It ends super quick. The story of the resurrection comes tomorrow. It's just a few verses, and boom, that's the end of Mark. Mark has completed his mission. He said in verse 1 that he wanted to prove this whole story was leading to the thesis statement that he wanted to prove Jesus was the Son of God. And now, he has done it. Tomorrow is the capstone, the resurrection. The final proof that Jesus is who he says he is, that Jesus is who Mark says he is, that all these prophecies throughout the book of Mark were all leading to this. Truly, this man was the Son of God. My friends, as we go today, we know that Mark does a lot of things in trying to get the reader to respond. Mark isn't just recording a story. We proved that from the very beginning. Mark is trying over and over again to show that Jesus of Nazareth is the Son of God. And we know throughout the book, multiple times, 
that what Jesus is saying, how Mark is recording it, requires a response from us as readers. As we read our passage today, and we're confronted that the way to God is now open, the curtain has been torn in two, and the first person to confess Jesus as the Son of God isn't a Jew. It's a pagan, a Roman soldier. This is the response that Mark wants to hear. But even more, this is the response that Jesus came to die in order to make a way for every man and woman to receive him, to respond to him. Oh, that we would meditate on that response. Have we called out? Have we cried out that Jesus is the Son of God? Do we confess him to be all he says he is? Are we convinced? Does Mark help us be convinced of who Jesus is? As we go today, like we do every Wednesday, we'll pray from a psalm. We're going to pray from Psalm 22. I think you'll see why as soon as we start praying. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage. It's a fulfillment of prophecy. It's a fulfillment of Psalm 22. Jesus cries out the words of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? From the words of my groaning. Father, at one point, you were far from us. There was a curtain, and even more than that, there was sin separating us from you. When we would groan, oh Father, would you even hear us? Would you even hear us through our sin? When we would seek rest, Lord, would you even give it? You needed to stay far from our sin. We were separated from you. But oh, that Jesus would cry out these words. One final time. One final time and mean it. And now us. We no longer have to be far from you, God. We are united once again by the blood of Jesus. By the body that was broken. The blood that was spilled. We can once again have union with the creator of the universe. Lord, as we go today, there's nothing more that we want to celebrate than the death of Jesus. It's everything to us. This is our faith. It's the proof that Jesus is the Son of God. By his wounds, we are healed. Such sweet words penned in your scripture to describe our condition. Father, we adore you. We worship you today on this Wednesday. We thank you for the book of Mark, and we thank you that Jesus came to die and endure what he did on our behalf. In the name of the one who has been given the name above every name, our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Go in peace. I will see you tomorrow.